Welcome to Sports Cap Radio. We got another great show for you tonight. Packed house. We got Newman, Marcus, Trevor, and Derek. And we are going to be continuing our divisional previews. This is actually the final week. Uh, we saved the best for last, folks. It's the AFC West. Uh, I think it's head and shoulders the best division in the league. So, indeed, we are we are finishing with the bang. Um, mm. And speaking of, speaking of this division... Uh, really dead week in terms of news this week in the NFL, but I thought a really interesting thing from last weekend was uh, during the UFC fights, Dana White gets to talking, and he, uh, him and Grunk start conversing, and turns out Derek Carr is that motherfucker that Tom Brady was talking about, and <laughs> Tom Brady wanted to, so it's crazy the, the the whole thing. Tom Brady wanted to go to apparently Chicago and Vegas. What? And and Gronk was going to go to Vegas with him. But, he got lucky. But but Gruden decided that he didn't want to do that. Sounds sounds like a very Gruden-esque move to me. It's, it's fucking wild. Yeah, so Dana White says that Gruden blew up the deal that Brady and Gronk wanted to be a package deal going to Vegas. Like, what what the fuck is Gruden doing? And what is Brady doing? Well, well, well it's mainly Gruden. So, like, I, I can get it. You know, he's obviously got a stake in the in the company. Like, he obviously had the, the long-term deal. This was obviously pre-email, pre-everything else. So, you know, thinking long-term for, you know, an organization that you're invested in and coaching in, obviously everyone anticipated Brady not being an a, a NFL MVP candidate. So, like, I get it, but, like, it's also like, damn, like, you shot that one down, you jackass. Yeah, that, that's a, that's an incredibly dumb move by John Gruden, who consistently has made incredibly dumb moves throughout his career. So, no surprise there. But, but like, truthfully, when you, like, think back about it, like, do you guys honestly think that Brady and Gronk bring a Super Bowl to Vegas, like, to the Raiders? Like, it, it, it actually might have benefited Gronk and Brady long-term, like, as far as, you know, being, you know, the GOATs. A- absolutely, but, but Vegas would have... Well, I, they, I don't know if they were even... Were they in Oakland at the time, maybe? Um, they would they would have been able to attract some, like, top-level defense, too, with Brady, because when you have Brady, you get that free agent bump. And they're, they're definitely playoff. And, and, geez, Derek Carr's been, what, 10 years to go to the playoffs one time? Um, twice. Yeah, twice now. Twice? Okay. Yeah, so, still, still no playoff wins, but... But, like, that is, that the team is not good. Like, they didn't have, like, a foundation... Obviously, like Brady and like the Brady effect, like would have helped, but Tampa, Tampa was. Was solid. this before or after the? It was. It, it, it was after the Khalil Mack trade, right? No, this this was actually bef- This was this was before it. This is going into the like right before he went to the Bucks, like right in that time. I, I I don't care who you are though, Brady. Not just the football aspect that he brings, the business aspect. There, there's no way you turn that deal down. And and I wonder if Mark did Mark Davis know about this shit. Because I would think you would have to, like you don't sign Tom Brady without the owner knowing. I, I I don't care who you are. I don't care how much you like Derek Carr. Tom Brady says he's coming to town with the greatest tight end to ever play. You say fuck yes, yeah. Especially especially when you're opening your new stadium with it. But but, but here's the thing about John Gruden. We know he's dumb because he's openly admitted to it. He, uh, I remember one time. I think it was on Monday Night Football telecaster doing some sort of conversation where he's talking about ah. Uh, uh, I mean, drafting running backs in the first round, there's nothing wrong with that. Look at me. I drafted a running back in the first round. I drafted Cadillac Williams in the first round. Um, yeah, exactly the point. In the when you, passed, when you drafted Cadillac Williams, you literally passed on Aaron Rodgers in order to do that. So that's why you don't. Like, but, but 
even hindsight, he didn't think that that was a bad decision. So he's like bragging about it. Like he's an idiot. He won two Super Bowls for the Bucks. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. And he he doesn't sign Brady. They don't sign uh, White. They they pass on White. Go for uh, Colin. Kalilin Farrell. I can't don't even know his fucking name. He's, Klaylin. he's not Klaylin. even a starter anymore. It's, it's actually Colin Farrell's brother yeah. from another mother. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. I, I I don't care who you are. That that is just an awful decision by by the Raiders. And and how could how could the Raiders allow Gruden to blow it up like that? Doesn't make any sense. I mean, no, they, I, they I honestly think Gruden was just so. looking out for Gronk. Because imagine Gronk in like in Vegas. I think he would have died. So, he would have just gone absolutely crazy out there. That's yes. probably the only good thing that came out of this is Gronk is you still alive. You think John Gruden was looking out for for <laughs> Gronk? Well, that's should... that's the weirdest <laughs> angle I've ever heard. Like, no, so I, I know I, he may not have looked out for him, but in the in the in the long term, uh, I think it's better for Gronk's health that he didn't go out there because it would have been trouble. If if Gronk would have join that party in Vegas, he would have his own show. Instead of, like, uh, Chris Brown or any of the other, like, like singer performers, you'd have a Gronk show every fucking Saturday night. <laughs> it's Saturday, just him partying out there night. on yeah. the stage oh, with yeah. Tiesto and everybody. Just oh, a yeah. massive party. I pictured Deuce Gruden being the guy that actually blew up the deal. Like, wait, no, Gronk 6'7". I can't have another guy like that in the locker room. <laughs> It'd be a more interesting story if Deuce Gruden was the one that blew it up. If you don't know who Deuce Gruden is, you got to Google him right now. It's it's really quite the sight to behold. But yeah, so Derek's a mother. Derek Carr is a motherfucker. Yep. I guess you know we've learned a lot about motherfuckers this off season with Zach Wilson. Yes. And the Raiders are kind of motherfuckers. We're going to talk about that today. <laughs> um, I mean, so other news of the week. Uh, Pete Carroll apparently thinks that he has two number one quarterbacks. Um, and uh, Geno Smith and Drew Locke. Um, so. Bottom five coach at this time, at this point, Pete Carroll. I mean, Der- Derek would tell you he was probably a bottom five coach all, the whole time, right, Derek? Yeah, I mean, I've been saying this for a while. I've, I've never been on the Pete Carroll train. I don't think his thing works in the pro level. Um, I, I think he's more, you know, accustomed to the to the college game. And even now that you can't uh, violate recruiting standards, I don't even know that he can hang in there anymore. Uh, but he, it's really a guy who has like been successful despite himself. He had, you know, a, a pretty good run of defenses there, um, and also obviously a lot of value on Russell Wilson getting them where getting Russell where they did in the draft. I think he's absolute trash. Technically speaking, I guess you're right. Whoever's at the top of your your depth chart is your number one, and you can't decipher between two pieces of shit. So yep. he does have two number ones, but uh, they're not number one on any other roster in the league. But if they're pieces of shit, aren't they really number twos? Right. So we've all had that girlfriend where everyone's like, no, she ain't the one. She's a piece of shit. And then you try to hype up like one good quality. Like she's a good baker. She bakes really good cookies. Like she's good with children or she does something good. Even though you know that she's a piece of shit, you try to like hype it up. Like it's all about presentation, right? It's about projecting confidence and shit you don't have confidence in. So like, how do you blame them there? I mean, he, he's always been an optimist. So I, I love when we I love when we generate a good uh, Colin Coward analogy. By the way, we, we we've done yeah. quite a few of those in recent weeks. It's always girlfriends. I like it. I yeah, like I mean, it. I think Drew Locke had a lot of he has a lot of like raw talent. He has things that you want to see in a quarterback, but he's just just mentally between the ears isn't doesn't have it. And this hype train reemerge. Like, I forgot that that Geno Smith existed until like the Seahawks started getting really excited about him all of a sudden, trying to hype him up. 
I forgot he was in the league. I forgot he like I, I forgot he even existed. I was like, oh shit, yeah, that that was a guy. Dude, they're they're just a dog shit team, and Pete Carroll is so old. He's he's yeah. seventy years old. He's going to turn seventy one this year. Oldest coach in the NFL. That's too old, man. That's way too. Fun. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to mean to be ages, but that guy's too fucking old. <laughs> yeah, he's old. old in the league. One of the worst offensive lines in the league. You know, with two quarter two quarterbacks that uh, you know really can't do much. I feel bad for DK. I'm a big fan of DK, and I think he's going to have a rough season. Uh, I think I think they should have traded him. That was not, not a doubt in my mind in the world. It's a dumb move to extend him. Like you have no quarterback, you're starting from scratch. Uh, it, it, it's it's bizarre. You have one of the worst contracts in the NFL on, <laughs> hanging around your neck in that Jamal Adams deal. Right, like, yeah. just fucking ride out the storm. It's going to be a really bad couple of years. You know, accrue assets. So so over under like P. Carroll still a head coach like two in two years. They over love him. under on that. Oh, I, I, I love him. I, I think he has to be there next year. Like if he's there this year, the getting ready for this fucking battle, he has to be ready for next year. Uh, he, the, the owners clearly love him. I I, I know a lot of fans have turned on him. Um, I mean, passing on the one yard. There's just so many so many different things you, you can go in on Pete Carroll for. And yeah, he arrived in 2010. Right after that, the Legion of Boom just emerged. So I think he just fell into a ridiculous situation. All right, so I, I, I want to throw something funny out because it's like long-term, none of us like think about it, but like obviously we talk in our emotions and thoughts and feelings, and we all talk about coaches that are like pieces of shit, suck, like fuck them, like overrated. So I'm, I'm just going to give you some names. Pieces of shit, fuck, <laughs> suck. I, like fuck them. Like I'm just going to give you some names that are in the top 25 all-time win percentage. Uh, Mike Tomlin. Uh, Sean Payton, Bruce Arians, Marty Schottenheimer, uh, Mike McCarthy, and Pete Carroll. All these guys, like top 25 all fucking time, but like. Yeah, but let's see those playoff win percentages. Yeah, yeah. It it doesn't, I mean, you, there's certain things that work in the regular season in the NFL, and you can stack up a lot of, 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 you know, really good win totals um, despite not being a good Poor coaching, I I know. Yeah. Any list that McCarthy's on is a fucking terrible list. And all, and also Pete Carroll does have a uh, not to dive, but a better winning playoff winning percentage than uh, Mike Tomlin. But <laughs> he also had Aaron Rodgers. So. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but but it's just like funny to think about that shit in the long term, right? Like like sure. man, I hate this coach for sure. Uh, so did you guys see Hard Knocks last night? Um, yeah, I'm. I, I I was telling you guys, I'm officially worried about Dan Campbell. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad. Uh, I would say that me raising that my hand on that last week aged really well into this episode. Yes, I don't know, man. Like the, he, his metaphors fall th- fall apart. Like in the fucking setup, as he's setting up a metaphor, it's starting to like shatter around him. You're like, what is going on? He like awkwardly holds onto this pair of track pants, s- apparently stuffed with baby powder for like five <laughs> minutes while he tries to set this thing up, and it shakes in the air like those like. The, he's like a magician getting ready to disappear. It was fucking terrible, dude. It was, it was so bad. Um, he is just a tremendous motivator. But e- even the announcer said, I don't know if you heard it. It's good to it's good to keep things loose, but is there too loose? <laughs> and it shows Dan Campbell like walking around the sidelines, like, "Hey, you showing up late?" <laughs> he just he just kind of he doesn't carry himself like a coach. It, it's interesting. I really want the guy to succeed. There's definitely some red flags. I'm a little worried about it. 
he acts more like a strength and conditioning coach. Like he tries, he's, he's great at hyping people up, but like, can you really take him seriously half the time? Like True. a lot of people think he's just batshit crazy. And, and he's like jumping in and, and trying to teach like minutia at the tight end position poorly. Like he's like going through these steps and, it, and it's not even like words. He's like, yeah, you just gotta, and you're just like, what the, f-? like use words, you idiot. Like yeah. he's not even doing well. Like if, it's just, if you're not having flashbacks, he's probably to like, a great coordinator, definitely an, an amazing position coach but head coach i just don't see see see, i'm the reason i disagree with you i would say he's a terrible coordinator but i I agree on the position coach definitely solid but like sometimes you just need somebody who's just like i don't like don't give a fuck like like he's got so much passion like laying it on the line like tell me you haven't just been like so like overly like emotional about something and you like you lose every fucking thing that you plan to say or do and you're like fuck it just follow me we're gonna figure it out see but some of the most passionate coaches guys that can't control themselves are some of the worst like gruden's a good example of a guy who just people are like oh he's he's a firecracker as it turns out he's also kind of an asshole you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like, like Urban Bill, Meyer kicking people. Well, just just think about some of the most successful coaches in the NFL. Mike Tomlin, Bill Belichick. These are all super Andy Reid. These are super laid back guys. Like they, they play the part. They know how to be the head coach. And 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 again, I'm I'm rooting for Dan Campbell, but he, he concerns me. That pants thing that Derek was talking about was so fucking weird. I'm just sitting there just cringing through the whole thing, just like, <laughs> oh man. And the players are locked on every word. And I'm just like, oh, All right, so, good for you guys. And it starts off, he's like, oh, I wish these were jeans, but I didn't have jeans. Like, <laughs> why, why does jeans make this better? All right, <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm, I'm just going to throw this one out. I need a number over under of 10. The percentage of sales for baby powder if the Lions start 6-0. Six, six 6-0, six 8-0, like, like, like back in. Like, yeah. like, like percentage of increase? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think that captured anybody. Like I think that remember when remember when we thought like mojo moments were gonna be a big thing, week one of last year's hard knocks, and then it never happened again. Like I just, I think certain things that like in the moment were like, oh, that's gonna be nah, I don't think it, it resonates. They've been picking anybody. some cringe coaches in recent years. Mike McCarthy, I really wish you know, apparently he uh bashed a watermelon a couple years ago to get oh. to get to get the boys motivated. Like Gallagher? Yes. <laughs> you, you heard about that, right? He, yeah. he smashed a watermelon in front of the Cowboys. Yeah, I, I think it was also part of like a whole like event type of thing. But yeah, uh, but yeah you know, honestly, like sometimes weird shit works, whatever. Like obviously whatever's been happening in Detroit isn't fucking working. So, you know, you need a complete 180. What's the worst that can happen? You go 0-16 oh, again? Oh, no. Yo, I'll tell you what, though. I think Aaron Glenn's going to be head coach one day. Oh, like, Just definitely, watching definitely. him and how he coaches and, and kind of his demeanor. He's like the head coach of like from a personality standpoint. That's what you want. Yeah, I mean, the, so I think the the best thing for Dan Campbell to do in this situation is let your coordinators actually coordinate, um, and you just Fucking kind delegate. of do do the CEO style motivation. Um, I, I think that could work. Uh, so I mean, we'll see. I just don't think he has it in him. No, it goes against his grain. He yeah. he wants to he wants to be that center of attention. He wants to be doing half ass up downs and shit. I, I I still love him. I love that he's always on the edge of crying. I I lo- I, lo- I, I I've I've met people like that, and it's just just so passionate. They could be talking about anything. Like they could be talking about like a burger they're eating, and be like, dude, this cheese blends perfectly with this bacon, which gives it a little crunch, and then the ciabatta bread on. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's just so beautiful. Every, Every time he talks, it has like the 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 feeling and emotion of like the William Wallace Braveheart speech. Like you feel like he's just gonna like 
<laughs> trying to rally his troops to fucking charge. You know, uh, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, th- they did finally get some bubble guys, which is what you wanted. Uh, I mean, I, so the, the dude from Memphis, I think that he has a chance to be a practice squad guy at minimum. Um, but that Pimpleton dude is really fast. Yeah, you, you want to see the bubble guys. I mean, that's what you get excited about hard knocks. You know, Hogan back in the day. Um, I, I like seeing offensive linemen get a little bit of love, uh, even though that guy's pretty fucking boring. Um, I still, I, I think he has the athleticism. I think you're right. He's probably a practice squad guy. If not, the Lions practice squad, somebody's. There's enough raw talent there and athleticism. You do something. But yeah, Pimbleton looks like he might be. He could he could stick on as like a returner. Like the dude's fucking Absol- quick. absolutely. I, I mean, he's no Devin Allen, but you know, he's he's something. <laughs> Oh, you guys aren't drafting Devin Allen anywhere? <laughs> I don't even think I know who that is. Um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't expect you guys to. No idea who that is. Derek, do you know who he is? No clue. Oh, <laughs> shit. All right, so so you guys you guys should uh, check him out. So he actually just fucking burned everyone in Cleveland. So he's a Philly receiver. So, like, uh, Gardner Minshew hit him on, like, a uh, – it was actually not Minshew, a uh, different quarterback. You lost me at Philly receiver. So, so he, he's you know, he's, he's making a squad, but he's a 27-year-old uh, Olympic sprinter. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah! yeah. Oh, fucking yeah. something about this. fucking gash. Yeah, always work out. They got Heisman. He's a little honky. trophy winners he, on their squad that can't put up thousand yard seasons. So, so I'm not yeah. gonna bite on this guy. So see, he's just you know he's, he's a little <laughs> Olympic, uh, 110 Olympic hurdle, two time gold medalist, little honky guy. Oh, just, did I, did oh, I, yeah. I heard honky? Okay, yeah, now yeah, 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 that one. He almost yeah. got a world record. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You so the, the can oh, fly. yeah. dude, he's gonna he, dude, he's gonna be a great sleeper. I'm, I'm taking him to the 15th. He's going to take my Patterson. He's going to take him. He's going to take that Kennedy dude from the Lions that caught two it's touchdown like, passes. It's, it's kind of like the uh, the guy the Bucks drafted, however long ago, the uh, to return kicks. Uh, yeah. uh, Je- Jeff Demps from Gators, that lo- just a sprinter, but like Demps actually had college experience. Yeah, yeah. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> let's move on along. That's a weird combo. So today we're doing the AFC West super. Pumped to talk about this division again. I think it's the best fucking division. There's also been tons of shakeups within the division. Uh, Russell Wilson goes to the Broncos. Uh, two different head coach changes uh, with Nathaniel Hackett and, of course, uh, Derek's boy. Uh, why do I always forget his name? Um, Raiders Josh coach. McDaniels? Yeah, Josh yeah, McDaniels. Always forget his name. Always forget his name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I know he's not actually actually your boy, but we're, we're yeah. going to start out with the Broncos. Uh, incredibly interesting team. Um, they've been kind of held captive the past few years. By the way, they have not won a playoff game since Super since Peyton Manning uh, won the Super Bowl. In fact, I don't think they've been to the playoffs since. Um, so that's pretty wild. Uh, they, they have been so bad. It's it's the longest post Super Bowl drought I think in NFL history. It's been like well, it's no, been no, like no, no, eight no, no, no. years. The Bucks. The Bucks post Super Bowl drought. Didn't they make the playoffs though? Oh, they did make the playoffs, but they yeah. didn't win any playoffs. The Broncos games. have not oh, okay. made the playoffs, the playoffs. Since, gotcha, gotcha. since they won the Super Bowl. Um, so that's pretty wild. They get Russell Wilson this year. Uh, this team is super interesting. Vegas has them at ten wins. You want to give us a rundown on the the changes, Newman? Yeah. So I mean, um, obviously, it starts right there with uh, Devonte Adams. That's a huge trade. Um, they do lose Rich Passaccia slash John Gruden and replace him with Josh McDaniels. Yannick Ngakwe is gone. Uh, Richie Incognito, Solomon Thomas, Brandon Faison, Deshaun Jackson, Carl Nassib, Gerald McCoy, Desmond Trufant, Casey Hayward, Zay Jones, Brian Edwards, and Kenyon Drake just released. 
Um, they did bring in Devontae Adams, as I mentioned. Rocky Sin was uh, part of the Yannick Ngakwe trade as the return. Uh, Bilal Nichols and Chandler Jones. And they drafted Samir White at, from Georgia, the running back, who's a pretty good little player. I ultimately think that this team has a, still has a weak offensive line. Um, Adams. Samir White? You yeah. think in the Raiders? Yeah, that whole rundown is the Raiders. Yeah, uh, we weren't talking about Yeah, Raiders. yeah. We're like, <laughs> talking about Broncos, Broncos here? Oh, my bad. Sorry. It's a completely different team. Newman, a little premature, okay. huh? Yep, yep. Uh, so the, the Broncos, uh, Big Fangio. sober this weekend. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, now it, I was it, on the Derek Carr thing. Um, what I really want to know is if he knew all those names like on his head without writing it down. Like, that would be impressive. Well, it, sh- I mean, it I, shows how well I'm listening that I, went, I let him go through the whole thing, and then Samir White was the red flag. Yeah. Wait, Samir White? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Devontae Adams, John no, Gruden. No, no. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sorry. Like, I had no idea Drake was in Broncos. Yeah, yeah, so Broncos. Vic Fangio out. Um, Nathaniel Hackett is in. Uh, obviously, the big trade for Russell Wilson, Drew Locke in the other way. Teddy Bridgewater gone. Noah Fant uh, out on that trade as well. Von Miller uh, is no more. He was traded last year. Kyle Fuller, they lose him. And then they did lose Tim Patrick to injury. Um, besides Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett, they did bring in Billy Turner, who started for the um, the the Packers the la- last year at, uh, at, at offensive tackle. So he's going to play. Randy Gregory um, is, is also an addition that they have there at defensive end. A huge addition. Von Miller. Yeah, for, about, for about four or five games. Yeah. Yeah, he's really um, good when he plays. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I'm still, I'm still kind of like thrown back because like when we we dove into the Broncos and he started, he started with well, obviously, like I've, I was thinking he's gonna go with Russell Wilson. So I'm like diving into my notes, getting ready to like follow up. I didn't even like hear Devon curveball, yeah, curveball. I'm not gonna lie, I spaced out for the entire. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I was, I was like, wait, something's not adding up. What so, is it? Well, let's talk about the Broncos. Um, Russell Wilson comes to town and he is. Cringier than ever. Like, let's maybe, ride. Maybe the the Pacific Northwest kind of kept him sheltered. His cringe from the rest of the country. There's something about him going to the Broncos that he just decided he must have just sat down with Sierra and like, baby, I'm ready to let the world see my cringe. <laughs> and he, he sure is, man. He's releasing videos. Yeah, the Let's Ride Broncos. Do you think maybe he it's, somebody slipped him some edibles or something? It's no, I, I think he's dating a pop star, and he and he like weirdly wants to like wants, live up wants some to, celebrity light. Yeah, he yeah. wants to be like this weird like ce- celebrity boyfriend of like Sierra and God, dude, he's so fucking cringe. Well, well, it's it's tough because like 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 from a fantasy and like a player perspective, like he was just like consistently so good when he like had the chip on his shoulder it was always the chip and now it's like and like lately is like how much is that chip really there how much does that chip weigh on you because he hasn't been like the all-star russ in like year and a half like like <laughs> that's been that long. I mean, but, yeah but, i mean but, last, yeah, but last year saying, he was hurt uh, he, he he was actually performing pretty well until he had the finger injury so i i don't know that i that i necessarily so, agree with that they had but, a winning record when yeah. he went out on the finger injury. Yeah, and he was actually playing well, but, 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 I'm, well. T- I'm talking about like mvp stuff yeah well I'm, I'm talking about like mvp because remember in 2020 it was the first six or seven games Let he was Russ the cook. he was yeah. the unquestionable mvp and then he dove off yeah and, it, and it's maybe like maybe that chip came off his shoulder because it was finally a about to be the year where he got at least one MVP vote, and what has happened since then? It injury, yeah. you know. Like, you know, like I said, injuries. I thought he was playing pretty well last year before he got hurt. So I think that that obviously, when he comes back, and you know, how many hours a week was he doing therapy or whatever? He was doing therapy like twenty hours a day or something like that. Um, Too much. He's yeah. such a tryhard. <laughs> like, settle the fuck down, dude. Yeah. Can you? I mean, like, so like, 
in my experience, and obviously like nowhere anywhere near the level these guys are playing at, but like you want guys with like an edge to them. Like when shit gets tough, you want you know to dig in and, and know that like you know you're, somebody's gonna rip somebody's head off. Like you, you just want that intensity. This guy is like the opposite of intensity. Yeah. Like to me, anyways. Like and, I think like can you be too cringy when it comes down to like clutch uh, moments? See, I I could not disagree more he is insanely cringy off the field on the field that guy is a fucking warrior by the way last year first game first time he's ever been hurt in his career this is the first first time he's ever missed time uh for being such a little guy he's surprisingly durable i've seen this guy you know down uh negative 20 degrees in minnesota playing at the university of minnesota stadium just will the seahawks who were just playing like shit Two, two victories over the Vikings. This guy is a fucking warrior on the field. He's been a winner everywhere he's been. He can Yeah, separ- but he has, he he's can never s- been this. Like, again, maybe he was just hiding his cringiness from us. No, like, he, he's he, never been this I cringy. just think he can separate the, the, the off-field cringe with the on-field. He, dude, he's a he's a beast on the field. I love watching this guy play. Yeah. I mean, he was he was really good at NC State. Um, obviously, really good at Wisconsin. The, the best quarterback that Wisconsin's probably ever had. Yeah. Um, and then, you know... Uh, <laughs> Right out the gate, basically turns the Seahawks into something good, and I and mean, dude, he th- th- those teams are he he's never he's always been a winner his whole you know college, uh, fo- college football through the NFL. And, so this and, and who do you years, who do you want as a dad? By the way, uh, cringy like dad joke Russell Wilson, or like doesn't say anything when he comes home, goes in his uh, goes in his basement and plays around with dead rats, Kyler Murray. <laughs> Um, I, g- g- give me, give me Russell Wilson cringe all day over Kyler Murray's like creepy, introverted, like awkward cringe all day long. And the reason yeah, I compare him is, I, I think that Kyler Murray's in the league because of Russell Wilson. I, I think it, I think it's a fair reasoning. Um, if you look at what Russ did for shorter quarterbacks in general, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't say in the league, but maybe one over. Eh, no, nah, he he still would have been. He might be playing overall. baseball if if it's not you know if he doesn't. If he doesn't have that excellent season at Oklahoma and um and have a chance to go number one overall, he uh, it might they might have not just had a place for smaller quarterbacks still. The bias and he would have done great in baseball. Wasn't he first round pick too? Like he he, he, he was, was a first round pick, dual athlete mean, in college. Like he does, put up numbers. Yeah, he was he was a first round pick. That doesn't mean he would have been great at baseball though. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I think he left the A's organization. They, I think the, the A's highest paid player makes like two point six million. See, see, guys, I I think the height thing is definitely being overconstrued. Like, obviously, you're gonna you might take a second look at like measurables, but like, come on, everyone's still like getting super hyped over the uh, uh, just over six foot guy who can run a bit with a big arm with terrible college experience, and everyone's trying to draft everybody to be the next big guy. Like, they didn't you talk about Kenny Pickett. That, that, that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, like, 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 like you, you're looking at it a little bit. Like, it definitely, it like affects it. So, like, he wouldn't have been a number one overall, but he, like, he's he's still going to be a first round. Like, like any of those teams in the top 10, 12, 15 are going to like find a way to get him in there. Right. Well, let's talk about this team, guys. I don't know what <laughs> really went off on a tangent. I think Russell Wilson completely changes uh, this team. If you look at the the Seahawks the last few years. It's crazy. I mean, last year is the first losing season they've had in nine years. Yeah. Russell Wilson is a fucking winner, and that's what I think people are forgetting with this team is that Russell Wilson doesn't lose, and if Russell Wilson didn't get hurt last year, I'm telling you the Seahawks would have had a winning record in a bad NFC and would have made the playoffs. So I I just think immediately this team becomes really good. Yeah. Are they going to win the division? I don't think so, but I think they are – 
they'll, they'll have yeah, a chance. I think that they are at least a 10-win team. And that 10-win mark for the Vegas, I'm not touching that in terms of betting. If you had to, you would lean which way? I, What's more likely? I mean, I, the for, over's more for likely. For the podcast, I'm taking the over. Okay. I, I think they'll win 11 games. Yeah, so Warren Sharp has them as the 16th hardest schedule, which is right there in the middle. Um, sneak peek, the top three are all in this division. Um hardest schedules so yeah uh their extra game is the panthers extremely winnable vegas has them as favorites uh in 10 of their games already uh with no line for the titans or the second game versus kansas city um i think that this russell wilson's a huge upgrade they have plenty of weapons offensively they have really good defense um that we we saw what their defense did last year and and they have some players that are really young on that defense too that are only going to continue to get better um i think weakness wise I could still see potential depth on the offensive line being an issue. And the um, defensive line. And, and then inside linebacker is a little bit of a weakness for him on defense, in my opinion, as well. Yeah, they they also have a, a less than desirable defensive line. I, I mean, I think Randy Gregory uh, helps a little bit with that. I mean, he's technically an outside yeah, yeah, linebacker. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I mean, but oh, I, I'm just talking from the edge perspective. I think that, that that'll help. I, I'm um, speaking but, but specifically, specifically to the, Draymond the Jones, DJ Jones, and Deshaun Williams. It's it's not yeah. it's not a fantastic defensive line. So yeah, in the trenches, they're still pretty weak. They're not awful. DJ Jones is a pretty good player. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, they don't have a lot of depth on defense. I think that that's an issue for them as well. So a couple injuries or, or if, if it's stacked in a cup in one specific area that could hurt them. Um, this, this secondary is stacked yeah. and it's, and they, yeah. they continue to invest in it. Uh, I, I, you one, need it. You need one, it with no pass rush. Well, one thing that's, yeah, well, one, they, one thing they might have pass rush. One thing that's wild is last year. I truly believe that Aaron Rodgers held them hostage in the draft, and that's why they went Pat Sertain rather than going for quarterback. Yeah. Because Aaron Rodgers, if you remember, the, right before the draft, kind of announced, oh, maybe I'm going to the Broncos. And I, I think the Broncos were scrambling trying to put a deal together and inevitably went with Pat uh Pat Sertain. I do think it's gonna pay off for and, him. In the long run, right? Yeah, right? but last year the dude is a stud. He's gonna be an all pro some year. I mean, that's a, he he Soon. is the real deal. Watch Cornerbacks just take a long time to come along. It's 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 a hard thing to draft. Yeah. But I mean, I just think that with this schedule, um, and and the upgrades that they have and, and Russ being such a winner, I think it's easy to take the over here. I do have them um winning eleven games for right now. Uh and I think that there's potential for more. So I'm gonna take the over on ten. Anyone take yeah, a Oh, I know I'm, they're really big on uh, on Baron Browning too, from a, from a depth standpoint. He's had a really good camp. Like they're they're gonna be strong, strong enough the linebacker position. I think you're gonna see a lot of like two defensive linemen fronts, and they can get away with it. You know, obviously having Chubb and Gregory on the edges, uh, play, you know, play to their strengths as much as they can. Besides the front defensive, you know, the core defensive line, the front three, if you will, really good defense. Uh, I personally like ten wins a lot. I think that that line's really good, um, but I'm not gonna take a push because I'm not a pussy. I'm gonna go over. Ooh, well, if you guys are going over, um, I'm just for I'm just for shit sakes. I'm going to go under. Um, And I think Newman hit it on the point. This one was they don't have much depth. That's uh, that's a big thing that's going to happen. And we've and this is going to be a long season. And uh, I just think that injury is going to get him Um, not to not to Russell, but I think to that defense. And that's what really what's going to hurt him. A really, really hard defense. This whole I mean, this whole division is going to beat them up. So I'm taking the under on this one. See, see, this one's kind of easy for me, and not for shit's sake. So, uh, 
like weirdly enough, I think that Tim Patrick ACL is gonna like it's have, huge. It, it's gonna have like Massive. like you, you can't calculate it because like having that big body because like outside of that you have fast like you know short shorter. Obviously Judy's what six one, but like you don't have like that big body type of guy. Um, they are gonna struggle, but you have to have a strong defense, which is like what Russ came up with, like making plays, like just making wild plays. He hasn't a had good a good defense. defense in six years. Yeah, yeah, but that's what he came. That's <laughs> but that's what he came up with. That's what he was like. Like he when he grew, like in his first five years, it was a Legion boom, and then he developed from there. So like he, but he's also like what benefits the Broncos is he's played with shitty defenses right. and really good defenses. So a lot is gonna ride on him. I. I, if, if he was, if they were in the like, honestly, any division other than the AFC West, I, I could take him over. But I think they're seven and a half, eight and a half win team. So, so, I'll, so he, I'll, my I'll take man. any action on so, that. So here's the thing about uh, Russell Wilson in terms of uh, helping your defense. This guy is absolutely incredible on third downs. I've never seen anyone that that's consistently just wins third downs to keep the offense on the field. When your offense stays on the field, especially with the, the running back core that they're going to have and their ability to pound the ball, um, and, and then him picking up those those easy third down conversions and just keeping the offense on the field, control the clock, it helps the defense out a lot because they're just not on the field a lot. You take a defense that's actually already good and you say, hey, you don't actually have to play all the time. We're going to control, we're going to possess the ball for, you know, uh, 38 minutes out of the, the 60 and and it leads to a lot of success. Yeah, yeah. And and honestly, that's a perfect Newman segue because uh, Denver, as far as over-unders will go, they will be a top five team as far as uh, hitting the under this year. Um, some of those some of those over-unders, they were so low with Denver because the defense is good or was good, and the offense was so terrible. That over-under in all those Broncos <laughs> games is going to be inflated by four, five, six points. So, like, when you're talking about at the end of the year, the um, over-under record, they will be in the top five as far as hitting the under because just because of that inflation um, – so there, it's going to be some coin flip games. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to be there. there you have it. Pound the pound the unders on uh, on games featuring the Broncos there. Yeah, thousand percent. Because because last year a lot of those games were in that thirty six and a half to forty one and a half range. Now they're going to be in that forty one and a half to forty five and a half range, and they're and it's it's not going to be that much of a difference because they're going to have to pound the rock. They're going to have to make up for the defense low, the uh, the you know, ball control. And avoiding turnovers, uh, they're a good team. If they weren't in the West, they'd be an over ten team. But that West is just so good. Literally, the only thing that concerns me about this team, the Tim Patrick injury, like I, I, for fantasy, it pisses me off so much because Judy and Sutton were still going to go above him, and yeah. Patrick was going to be this just monster value uh, sleeper, just waiting in the wings. Uh, he's he's had seven hundred yards, I think, the last three years, at least the last two. Um, he's been super underrated with terrible quarterbacks, and he hasn't gotten much play. Jerry Judy had to go down last year for him to even get the targets that he did last year. And he just is such a great target monster. That's a huge loss for them. KJ Hamler could potentially, you know, step up and become his new, um, uh, God, what the fuck? Lockett. Uh, yeah, yeah, lock yeah. But unfortunately I think KJ Hamler kind of sucks. So um, I think that one secret weapon could be Albert O or Albert Oquibanom, uh, their tight end who is just a ridiculous athlete. Um, that's part That's part of the issues is that he's more of an athlete than a guy who's played a lot of reps at tight end. Um, but he could be a guy that they hit on some of those to, to make up for, for some of the loss of, of Patrick with the big body and, and, and catching some uh, touchdown passes and such. So, so, 
So, gentlemen, so here here's the big thing. Remember, Denver's been with Vic Fangio, defense, defense, defense. Now, now we have the Packers tight end coach. Was it that? Is that who, yeah. where he came from? He's the offensive coordinator. He's offensive coordinator. He just didn't call plays. Okay, gotcha. So, so he's the uh, the position coach who has the title of coordinator that doesn't call plays. So, but the whole system's going from defense to offense. So, with Fangio is running the ball. Like for you guys, does that lower your value on? Williams and Gordon, and maybe maybe hype up a little bit of KJ Hamler, uh, Jerry Judy. Like, how do you, you have to love him? But like, it, Russ is there. Like, does the value go up on receivers down in the running back? The more and more I'm reading about Hackett, the more I like this guy and think that he actually was a huge brain behind these last two MVP campaigns for Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think play calling in the NFL is overrated a little bit. Uh, we we we've seen it with the obviously the Bengals were in the Super Bowl last year playing McVay, who we never actually called plays for. Um, the Vikings go out and get Kevin O'Connell. I think the defined the the actually designing the offense, putting the plays in, you know, structuring and actually just creating it. I think that's such a huge part of it. And I think Hackett. I think it's a huge loss for the Packers. And I think this offense might go off with Hackett. I think the guy's a real deal. I've heard him talking football, and he just seems like one of these super sharp, super like approachable guys. So we've got uh, Trevor and Marcus on the under, and then Drew, myself, and Derek on the over for that. Um, sh- shall we touch on some fantasy here? Yep. So I think we can start right at the top with uh, Javante Williams, who, you know, by even Melvin Gordon is coming out saying that they want him to be the guy. Uh, currently going running back 13, 24 overall. Um, so you're getting him, you know, I guess late second round, I think that's too low. He's probably going middle of the second. I've seen him go as, as high as like top of the second too, but he has a chance to absolutely be a stud. I I thought Gordon was going to be gone by this time. Everyone did. Well, he was a free agent. They did bring that's, him back on a that, cheap deal. That's why I thought Javante Williams is going to be a fantasy monster. I got to tell you, every day that goes by that Gordon is still on this team, I'm less and less in on Javante Williams. I still love him. He's going to be a PPR monster, but you know the first round projections he was getting early. I think he might even be a stretch in the second round at this point. Oh no, 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 no! I think he's definitely going to be a solid value if you get him mid to late second. I have him early second because I don't trust Melvin Gordon's, Gordon's knees one bit. I think they're about to explode at any moment. He takes a hard cut. So, uh, with that in mind, with the inevitable. Um, Gordon going down. Uh, I think Williams is going to have a solid season, especially in the back half um, of the season. So I'm I'm pretty high on him. I'm ta- I'm taking him early second. Um, in, mo- in most, I'm, just, I'm almost worried about it. His his point total based on just I think Melvin Gordon's goal line efficiency puts such a hard ceiling on Javante. Um, I don't think Melvin Gordon's going to have a big productive year. He's probably going to only have you know four or five hundred yards rushing. But I think he's probably still going to have double digit touchdowns. I think once they get down the red zone, you know, I think Williams brings him all the way down the field, and then you know Gordon vultures the touchdown, and that scares the shit out of me. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad that you brought that one up because like I love Melvin Gordon. Like, like he, I, honestly, Melvin Gordon, you have you have to take him like in the seventh, eighth round. I think whatever he's projected, but like so funny because Melvin Gordon's red zone efficiency. You guys remember he didn't score a fucking touchdown his entire rookie year and his mother was like talking shit to him the whole time. After that, I'm here you go. Here's your numbers for you. It's insane that next year. 10 8 10 8 9 8. Yeah. Fucking ridiculous. All he did was score touchdowns for it, the Chargers. It was like at like at the end of the rookie year like he's a bust. Like he can't do shit. And and this is also a guy who's never had to have 300 carries. Like so like his knees aren't that worn down like yeah like 
I, like, I agree. I love, I love Melvin. I, I'm telling you, I, I'm telling you right now. I think Javante Williams is a little bit too high, and I think uh, Melvin Gordon might be the more like the better value in, of, of of these two guys. Yeah. I really do. We, we value should, we, for sure. We should we should definitely mute Trevor real quick. And uh, oh, he's muted. Cool, uh, Trevor. I hope Trevor takes him in the first round because now he's <laughs> in his keeper. <laughs> no, but straight up, Melvin Gordon currently is projected to be the 88th overall, running back 36. I mean, you're telling me you're not going to stash this guy on your bench as, as an RB3 backup? A, a double-digit flex? Cool. Yeah. Yeah, he's a nice little safe insurance policy if you have, you know, a high-risk element somewhere higher uh, earlier in your draft for sure. Um, what about wide receivers? I think, obviously, losing Tim Patrick consolidates some of the targets uh, down to just Sutton and Judy in terms of the wide receivers. So Sutton's going wide receiver 1943 overall, and then Judy is wide receiver 2659 overall. That's criminal. Do you have a problem with that being the, the case? Would you flip the two of them, or do you think that's right? And then what about the values for him? Uh, so here's what worries me about that. Is I, I don't know who the Golden Tate is going to be. I don't, I don't know who you know the, the, the guy he's going to lock on to is going to be in this offense. Um, I want that guy, but I don't know who <laughs> it is. And, and taking Sutton that early uh, makes me worried. I, I lean more towards Judy probably just because there's better value there, and he probably has an equal chance of being that guy. Other thing I worry about is this, this entire wide receiving core, I think, has had a significant injury. Yeah, everyone. You know, everyone will hang on yes. from that. Is that something you worry about? But like, I mean, Sutton has, Judy has, Hamler has, Patrick's doing that right now. You go through, you know, who the top of this this group is, and that's something you have to worry about. And I think their depth is, really sucks. Um, so yeah, those, those injuries were pre. I, I probably Wilson. don't touch. They never had Jesus on their side, and now they do. So <laughs> yeah, uh, bless his team. But bless Russell Wilson. Bless them. Bless them. I love both these receivers. Uh, Court and Sut- Sutton being over Judy, I think it's correct. Um, it, who, who's going to be the DK? I think Sutton fits that profile better than Judy. Um, J- Judy's still going to get fed. Trust me. I, I, I love both these guys. Um, but I do think Sutton, if he can stay healthy, the guy's been really good with bad quarterbacks. I like Sutton a lot. Uh, at, at wide receiver 19, 42 overall, uh, this, that's, that's kind of tough for me. Um, but I, yep. I, I, it, I, not value withstanding. I do think Sutton is going to have a great year. Where he's being drafted, right behind Terry McLaurin, uh, that's a little worrisome for me. A little rich for my blood. There's so. not, there's not one fantasy team I will have this year that will not have a Broncos receiver on it, and none of those will be Court and Sutton. It's gonna be, <laughs> Ju- it's gonna be Judy and Handler, just like, like value, perfectly. Like, okay. Yeah, for me, I, I think I'd rather take the lotto ticket on Hamler where you get him and, and just hope that that's the fucking that's the guy. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not touching these guys where they're slated to go right now. Um, however, I think one of them can easily be the golden ticket, depending on who emerges as Derek for mentioned sure. before. Like there's there you can easily get a good one here. But uh, I don't know. I'm interested to hear what Newman said about this athletic tight end, because I know Russ, you know, can get the ball to tight ends. So uh, Newman, you got, got some insight on this tight end here. I'm oh, begin with you. Make you my own it. nothing. His, his name is his name is. And this is actually the name. correct pronunciation. It is. Albert Okwibanam. Uh yeah, tight end 17, 139 overall. So, you know, you're you're not having to pay a heavy price for him. If you miss on tight end and you're going uh great or late, he is an option for you. Um so, so yeah. Uh, I, I love him. Honestly, yeah. where he's at, I just know that you know Russ 
does like tight ends. He's he's elevated some tight ends. Gerald Everett not that long ago. Um, the other one, Disley. I can't fucking remember Will his Disley. name. Oh shit, he's six yeah. five and athletic. He's a mini Gronk. Right. <laughs> 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 Every I, I tall, fast tight end is a mini Gronk. Yeah, <laughs> I like him at tight end seventeen a lot. One thirty eight overall. He's cheap as shit. Um, probably prioritize him and kind of keep a format. If he does emerge to be that guy, you get great value at a really scarce position next year. Um, but I'm going to bring this up. This is the first time I bring it up. And I'm going to bring it up three more times. Just warning you right now. I'll find a way to weave this into every single conversation that we have every team. I think this, this whole division is a really good landing spot for Mike Kosicki. Uh, he's available on the market. And more, I think every single team this. here has a need that he could fulfill. Um, he's kind of a hybrid tight end wide receiver. Doesn't really block. They could use a big body on the outside or a second tight end that's a little more established, a little more veteran. Uh, I think he could fit in really well, too. Do you really think Miami's going to trade him? Uh, we, we They're talking about it. I don't think he fits their offense at all. all right, this, this is already going to be a long pod. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part about this pod is that there's no dead teams, no uninteresting teams. We are going to move this along, though, to the Chiefs. Well, do we want to touch on Russell Wilson first? No. Uh, yeah, sure. He's gonna, Q, dude's going to be a stud. He's going to be an QB absolute. 9, 86 overall. Um, I think I think that that's fine. Too early. Um, he he's in that range of you know it's like him, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady are all going in the same spot, kind of just to pick one. And I think you're okay with any of them if you get you know any of those guys. I think you're you're fine with it. I agree with you, Derek. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Russ is gonna cook. It's never too. It's early. never too never early for forty over forty touchdowns and five hundred rushing yards. Never too early for that. <laughs> Um, actually, yes, there is. It's right after the seventh round. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so let's move on to the Chiefs. Um, ten and a half wins. This is the lowest Chiefs projections have been in quite some time, uh, really since Mahomes' uh, MVP season. Um, I think it has more to do with the, the division and how good it's gotten around the Chiefs. But wow, uh, ten and a half wins. That is just, that's pretty wild. Um, Newman, you want to give a rundown on the kind of the changes of the, of the team? Yeah, so last year they went 12-5. and five. Um, <clears throat> Tyreek Hill is gone. Uh, Teron Matthews gone. Mike Hughes, Mike Remmers, Traverius Ward, Melvin Ingram. They did bring in Juju Smith-Schuster, Justin Reed, MVS. Uh, they drafted George Karloftis and uh, Isaiah Pacheco, as well as Trent McDuffie um, and Brian Cook, Sky Moore. And then they do add Carlos Dunlap as a veteran uh, edge rusher to kind of help out there. So they did a lot of their heavy lifting in the draft with picks that they got for trading Tyreek Hill. Um, and then they, you know, Justin Reed and Juju, uh, as well as MVS, I think, you know, some veteran veteran options at wide receiver uh, and at safety for them. In general, I think this team has one of the one of the best offensive lines in football. Um, Tyreek Hill means this, this offense is going to be a little different. Uh, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna they're gonna lean on some of the shorter routes. Um, maybe they can force teams to to play a little bit single high and then take a shot. But what, yeah. what a what a glow up! This team just saw Patrick Mahomes just get worked over in the Bucks Super Bowl um, Super Bowl loss, and they just fucking went out and just did it. Got Orlando Brown, uh, fucking Joe, in, Joe Thune, Creed Humphrey, dude, Creed Humphrey, like what a fucking just absolute team changer that guy is. Uh, this 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 whole. T- this uh, whole organization is just incredible. Uh, they've been one of the best organizations in all sports for the last 10 years. Um, what they've done, just putting them right. And I think they let go of Tyreek Hill at the exact right time. Um, I don't know why Vegas is down on this team. I think that they're actually better than they were last year. 
I think it's part of it is the fact that they do have, um, you know, a tough division and their schedule is the hardest schedule per Warren Sharp in the NFL with an extra game coming against the Bucks. So, I mean, that's a very losable game for them. Obviously, they, they could win it, but it, it certainly is more losable than, some, than a lot of the other opponents that uh, the rest of this division will face for their extra game. Can I just jump in and tell you that this is going to be, for me, one of the easier picks as far as over-unders go. So last year, my absolute favorite over-under was Niners under, I think it was 11 and a half. Chiefs are going to be under 10 and a half, and it's not going it, to, it's going to be close, but it's, it's not going to be that close, close. They're going to be a 9-10 win team. Chiefs are going to go under. Their offense line's not as good as everyone's hyping it up. Yeah, Creed, Creed Humphrey, yeah, very talented. I wanted, I wanted him in Pittsburgh. They're one. They're like honestly one injury away from being um, seven win team. They're one Mahomes uh, injury away from being a seven win team. Like six win. Yeah, team, I'm not. Team. I'm not buying that. No fucking way. You, you to, <laughs> mark it down. They will be. They will be under ten and a half. That, that is fine. Um, Andy Andy Reid. Uh, if anyone can coordinate coordinate an offense around an injury oh, no, uh, to well, the no, offensive no, line, no, he's not the coordinator. It's Eric Bieniemy. Right? They've had less than ten wins since 2014. Yeah, and that was when Alex Smith was the, the starting quarterback. Right. Um, I have him winning twelve. I'll take the over on ten and a half. I'm, I, I think it's the easiest over maybe in the NFL. Ten and a half wins, the Chiefs, absolutely. Even, even with this division, this team got better than last year. They really did. And they, they, they crushed that figure last year. Uh, we can yeah. debate that for an hour. Yeah, no, I, I don't know what Marcus is looking at, but I got the, I got the Chiefs. I, I don't think they're the best team in the division. Um, honestly, I think they have the, the most wins at ten and a half. Um, however, I do think they're the second best team in the division, and uh, I do think they get eleven wins here, uh, barely squeaking over. But uh, I, I do like this offense, even without Tyreek Hill, they're going to be electric. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is absolutely amazing. He's going to get the ball where it needs to be, and if that offensive line holds together and gives them some time, they're going to be great. Now, the running backs, absolute trash, absolute garbage. But they, they don't really need running backs. They're just going to throw the ball constantly. And I think they're going to be very successful at it. So give me Chiefs over on this one, but barely at 11 wins. Chiefs are going to be over. Yeah, they're they're going to top just, five team as far as betting overs, by the way. I'm not going to bet against Mahomes. Um, I think the offensive line is really good. Joe Thune is, is really good. Creed Humphrey is a stud. Uh, the wide receiving gore, it worries me. But this is one of those quarterbacks where like, I don't really care that much about wide receiver core because I think he's going to make it work. Um, so definitely the, the over for me as well. I think the secondary, from all reports from camp, they really like you know how they hit on their cornerbacks. Um, so that should be improved. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of what they do. I don't, I don't have them win the division either, but over 10 and a half is pretty easy for me. Yeah, I got them at 12 wins. Um, I do not have them winning the division, uh, but I do think it's going to be an absolute barn burner to end this season. Um, I think there's going to be three teams in this in this division that have over 10 wins uh, and one that has significantly less. Um, you'll yep. never guess who that is. <laughs> never. Um, never. The, 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 I, I don't agree that this team got any worse. I actually think they got better. Their biggest loss was Honey Badger, uh, and I think Tyree Kill is pretty overrated. I think they did a good job of replacing him. He's a great weapon, don't get me wrong, but they still keep Jarek McKinnon. I love this running back core. You know, CH, is, for all intents and purposes, been kind of a bust, 
But then they bring in uh, Pacheco, who's going to be a nice little talent there. Ronald Jones is also very, very solid between the tackles. And Jarek McKinnon was fucking awesome for them last year. Yeah, I, I love the weapons that they, they've they kind of replaced Hill with. I, I, I'm very comfortable with where this team is headed. And Patrick Mahomes and, makes anyone's a star, anyone a star. And, and ultimately, I'll bet on Andy Reid figuring it out offensively. Absolutely. If Chad Henry, if Chad Henney was the starting quarterback for this team, I would probably bet the under, but barely. <laughs> yeah, I mean they would get close. Yeah, but um, no. So yeah, what? Yeah, uh, the the only thing I have to say about this uh, uh, the receivers is uh, uh, does anyone have a read on who's going to be the number one here? Because I've got a pretty good idea of who's going to be number one and someone who I want to take in fantasy, but. Uh, um, well, fantasy yeah, overwhelmingly think, thinks it's going to be Juju, uh, then followed closely, but well, not closely behind. Then it's a huge drop off to Sky Moore, the rookie. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean it's it's pretty overwhelming. Who who, yeah. who uh, we, we can move into fantasy here? Um, so I mean, I, I think the, the the dominant pass catcher is obviously Travis Kelsey still, right? So tight end one, ten overall. Um, I don't know that I'm taking him in the first round, but early second on a flip or something, I wouldn't necessarily have a problem with it. I do think he's getting a little bit old in the tooth. So, I mean, it's possible that we could see a little drop off. They do have a couple other guys that can play tight end, although they did lose Blake Bell um, to injury here recently. But I, Travis Kelsey is definitely a, a very safe uh, tight end, even if he's not tight end one uh, come the end of the season. I think he's going to be tight end one again. Um, I know we've mentioned Gronk before, but I believe he's the same age as Gronk. Um, but it uh, wasn't beat Gronk, up as Gronk much is actually as Gronk. just a little a hair older, but I think hey. I think a year older. Gotcha. So you're right. I mean, he's kind of getting up in years, but I still think Kelsey has a monster season. And with Tyreek gone and a younger wide receiver coming in, coming in with Sky Moore, I still think. Kelsey's going to be tight end one. Um, uh, as far as fantasy wise goes, I don't like Juju at all. Um, I know there's a, a, a Pittsburgh person in here as well who may not like him, but uh, give me Sky more. If he if you see this guy drop, especially if they're getting a keeper league, I really like him, especially if he's got Patrick Mahomes throwing in the ball. I know he's only five ten, but um, you know he can catch the ball. He's got good hands, so watch out for him. He could have a breakout season in some type of PPR format. So keep an eye out. See, I, I, for me, I, I think everybody has actually, like, really good fucking value as far as, like, skill players go. As, like, as far as where they're being drafted. Talking about CH, I hate him. I'm, I won't ever draft him there. He but, sucks, like, man. But, but like, there, there's good value there for RB1, even though he's going to lose it. But, like, all of those receivers, great value at the position. But it's going to be your hit or miss. Like, for me... Like who you're gonna take out of all of those receivers? It has to be Juju because he's gonna have the high, way highest floor, lowest ceiling. But I'm gonna take the guy who's gonna get me nine, ten points if I could flex him like on a, in on a random Sunday. Well, and because you know you, you're seeing Juju on Sundays passing the ball, and then on Mondays he comes over and him and Jackson do a little dance by your pool, do a little TikTok action. <laughs> oh, so oh. there's probably gonna be some good synergy there because yeah, he's always for gonna sure. be over his house. I think the biggest <laughs> landmine with this team is is a Ch. Um, way too rich for my blood. RB 26, 68 overall. If you look at this guy's regression, they drafted him to be a pass catcher, and guess what? He has not been very good at catching balls. Um, That is extremely concerning. I read an article actually just this morning about CEH uh, talking about his just just the things that he did really good at LSU, he no longer does very well anymore. And on top of that, he's not a very good between-the-tackles runner. This guy just, I mean, it might be time to call this guy a bust. I don't know why people are still reaching on him. 68, that's really, really high. 
And um, yeah, I, I think Ronald Jones running plus Jerick McKinnon catching gets you a better result than CEH on any of those downs. For sure. Yeah. I, I've heard that there's a chance that Ronald Jones gets cut. So well, he, I've he, seen that he, too, he's, but he's, he's still getting string. the second team reps. So yeah, he's listed as their fourth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, a main person to fade here is is definitely Jackson Mahomes on TikTok videos. You know, you, you realize <laughs> that uh, Brittany Matthews is pregnant, so she's not going to be drinking going off the wire like you know she was last year. So I think that you know you got to fade Patrick because he doesn't have his partner in crime doing TikTok videos. So and, I'm just going to throw that one out there if you had some prop bets going on. And also one last food for thought before we move on to the the second best team in the division. Uh, so when uh, if you guys look at the, the Chiefs like early schedules, uh, if you have if you have enough TikToks out of Jackson and Juju early on, and they're, when they're struggling, it's gonna be a lot of heat. Brittany, Brittany Matthews is gonna be tweeting out about everybody. It's gonna be a mess in Kansas City. It's it's no, the most prego hormones, man. They're gonna rage. Oh, Kansas City could legit be like a three and four team, two and five team come to their uh, uh, right going to their bye week. Patrick Mahomes is the wildest thing I've ever seen because I am absolutely obsessed with Patrick Mahomes. I think I'd really like the guy in real life i think he's actually a really cool guy dude every time i see Brittany matthews and i just i feel fucking bad for the guy like what what is he doing and how can he put up with this shit because yeah. he's not that guy i really think that he's not that guy stockholm see, syndrome's a did bitch you, did you see the most recent jackson mahomes video where he's at the restaurant like like no carrying this this bouncer oh my god is it the, the the meme was Jackson it was just like a week ago Jackson's already in midseason form and he's just like he's just like yelling at this fucking bouncer dude I'm telling you he needs to get this shit locked up because it's such a distraction for Patrick Mahomes and I, a thousand, a thousand percent. I, I think it truly gets in his head and if that doesn't weigh into like your over-unders like you have to be thinking deeper sorry yep I do really like these uh you know Pacheco and and McKinnon as as late round flyers uh they're practically free in your drafts so um if you you know if you have a pick at the at the back end of half and you need an extra running back flyer they're definitely i mean because somebody's going to get some some touches there they're going to use i mean especially in a ppr league both these guys are good pass catchers um so yeah they'll find ways to get talented players the ball yep. deep keeper picks from newman thanks newman i'm gonna write that down the problem with all this scant scantling is he's Super fucking fast. The guy can't catch a ball to save his life. It was a huge issue. You saw Aaron Rodgers just constantly scowling, scowling he, at him. He's either five or twenty-four points. It's oh, yeah. it's ridiculous, dude. The guy, yeah. I've seen him drop so many big balls that Aaron Rodgers has put ran the money. I could see the same thing happen with Patrick Mahomes. Like, I'm not touching Saint that Pete, guy. Fantasy. All right, move on to the Raiders. Uh, eight and a half wins. Um, just awful organization team. Um, <laughs> Marcus loves them. Uh, we've already done the rundown, so we can just go ahead and skip that. Yeah, they went they went ten and seven last year. So, I mean, you know, they, they probably regress. Uh, Vegas has this, the third hardest schedule. Um, I, I, I'm just joking, by the way. It's 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 just uh, I I don't know why I I the Raiders in recent years have just like annoyed me. I used to yeah. love the Raiders, and ever since they got Gruden, I've ugh. yeah. Ugh. Their, their extra game is the Saints, um, which is you know I think that's a toss up for them. Um, the Saints could be pretty good, or I, I could. I think it could go either way for sure. Um, but I mean, in terms of this line, uh, this team, I think that their offensive line is still the weakness. Uh, Devontae Adams does improve the receiving core significantly, uh, reuniting Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. You know, hopefully that Josh McDaniels is just going to lean into that. I guess um, running back, I think is is question mark. Josh Jacobs, I don't think he's very good. Uh, I think it was a bad mistake. And fun fact. Uh, they had three players that were they drafted in the first round. Um, 
you know, four, four, whatever, three years ago, and their fifth-year options, Clayland Farrell, Josh Jacobs, and uh, Abram, they picked up none of them. So that was, a, that was a hell of a draft for them, uh, the Raiders, with the, the picks that they got for Khalil Mack. But they did uh, extend Max Crosby early and Hunter Renfro early. Uh, great team. Like, but like for me, like, dude, the Raiders had so much <laughs> shit that they overcame. Like, dude, they, they have not been talented. Yeah, their offensive line is so bad. Like, and you, yeah. you had... I'm, I have a weak spot for teams that, like, overcome shit, like the underdog, right? Um, and for some fucking weird reason, I really like Josh Jacobs this year. Like, he let me down when I had, like, I had to draft him. And <laughs> there's no, there's, like, it's just, like, one of those weird-ass things. Like, there's no rhyme or reason. I just have this, like, weird gut that, like, there's, if you look at him on paper, they fucking can't run the ball. There's nobody talented on the offensive line. They're stacked at, like, passing the game. And they're going to have to pass the ball because they're not that talented on defense. And for some freaking reason, I love Josh Jacobs to just like overexceed where he's like at. Maybe it's because they didn't extend him. I don't. I don't know. I can't tell you why. But I do, I do like the Raiders to hit the over. Uh, I think all these teams are going to be uh, plus five hundred uh, in the toughest division in football. Uh, just like just weird, greedy division. Yeah, I, I actually have them on the under here. Um... I just I can't get over the weak offensive line. I don't think their defense is great um, by any means, and there's just too much to overcome in, in regards to that. Plus, the you know this division the schedule's hard, and the division's really tough. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going on the under here as well. Uh, division is extremely tough. Uh, I, I'm I've never been a big fan of Carr, um, and since he's that you know motherfucker out there, like I think that's gonna eat at his head a little bit. He's getting nagged at it all season. Uh, I just don't like this team at all. And again, offensive line, I always go back to the offensive line to see if like they're actually going to do anything. Uh, and it's, it's awful. Um, there is uh, I do think Adams though, uh, coming over here, I think a lot of people are fading him because ca- cars is quarterback. No, I think they're going to be aerating the ball out. Marcus mentioned it. Like this is a tough division. There's going to be a lot of scoring. So therefore Adams is going to get the ball and get the ball a lot. So look for him to, I think have a monster season. However, it's not gonna be enough to get them above that, you know, eight and a half. So I have them uh, winning seven games again um, this season, just like last season. How bad is this team at drafting? They, last last year, they take Alex Leatherwood. It's just, you didn't think it could get any worse than what they've been doing. They take Alex Leatherwood, Leatherwood over um, Christian Derrissaw, who is already getting drawing comparisons as a guy that's clearly going to be a future all-pro in this league. Alex Leatherwood last year, if you look at how often he's penalized, he's just a very, very, very... Bad pick where they got him. I mean, some guys were projecting him to be a second round pick, and just what were they? But he doing went to Alabama. But he went to Alabama. It's so confusing. And, and the other thing that I just absolutely hate about this uh, team is Hunter Renfro, stud. Devonta Adams, stud. If either of those guys get hurt, we're talking Mac Hollins, Keelan Cole, Tyson Johnson, DJ Turner. This might be the thinnest in terms of talent wide receiving cores I've ever seen. And by the way, Devonta Adams used to struggle with injuries. So that's very worrisome. And on this defense, like, outside of a, a handful of players, it's not any good. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just can't buy in on this team, and, I, and I, I really don't understand how Derek Carr escapes the Kirk Cousins um, criticisms that Kirk Cousins always gets. Kirk Cousins can't win the big game. Kirk Cousins can't win playoff games. Uh, Kirk Cousins can't take his team to the playoffs. 
All these things you say about Kirk Cousins, you can say for Derek Carr, except for even more. Statistically, Kirk Cousins is the better quarterback. And it's always kind of bothered me that Derek Carr, who's actually kind of a similar guy in the way that they carry themselves, has escaped this. I do not think he's that great of a player. I, I, love I think he's just better in commercials, especially car insurance. He didn't sign a, an $84 million guaranteed contract. <laughs> I, I, I love both of these receivers. He's, got, he's, he's getting paid more than the Kirk Cousins right now. I, I was uh, I, I was actually just like coming through like the Raiders' awful depth chart on the offense. Uh, they're backup center. So back in Madden a couple years ago, and I, I know Derek will know this one. Uh, their backup center, his name is Kronis Grasu. He was like one of the most coveted, like, like, in one of the, like the, their draft classes that they had, he was like one of the most coveted quarterbacks. I I just saw this one. I just made me. I I'm, I'm crying right now. Like I couldn't help it. But <laughs> no, but but speaking of uh, speaking of the drafting and how bad they are, they still drafted the goat in Hunter Renfro in the fifth round, 149th overall. That's a pretty solid pick right there. So despite all the bad ones they have chosen, they still have. I mean, Ma- Max Crosby. They got lucky that one time. Max Crosby was pretty good too, but I mean, it doesn't mean that they're good at drafting. I mean, even no. even a blind squirrel finds a nut. Um, I mean, no, I, I I think Josh McDaniels and all his his former Patriots aren't going to get shit done. Josh McDaniels sucks. This team's going to be fucking terrible. Well, can, can you, can got you go, go into that a little bit further because I've heard you say that. Why do you think Josh McDaniels <laughs> sucks specifically? So I don't like Josh McDaniels for a few reasons. One is we talk about that CEO kind of presence and delegation. He is such a egotistical micromanager that has to put his thumbprint on everything that I think he spends a lot of time running around getting everybody else's business and everybody else's way. Uh, typically starts the, the season with a very, really vanilla play calling and then ramps things up as you go. So you're going to see a lot of just running the ball on first and second down between the tackles. And then maybe you complete a pass on third down. And if not, you punt. This is kind of his mo. The first three games of the season is almost unwatchable, and I just I just think he's really overrated. I think he benefited a lot from Tom Brady and and having you know Tom Brady on both on both of his runs. Uh, again, from you know from an uh, uh, kind of an executive standpoint, this is a guy that thought drafting Tim Tebow was a good idea. So I mean, can you also game? trust a guy who bitched out of like a head coaching spot before? But I think didn't it's a terrible he, like, culture like, thing. I'm shocked to get another head coaching opportunity in the league. To be completely yeah. honest. It's, like it's jumped that, out of the head coaching a, after the Colts thing. I'm I'm absolutely shocked that if any organization was going to do it, it was going to be the Raiders. Um, yeah, man, the guy the guy's got that bitch energy, but I I don't know, man. You 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 definitely know more better than I do. I I do think he's actually a really good coach. Um, a good coach. I worry about all the other things you said. Just personally, I think this guy's going to rub guys the wrong way. I think Derek Carr is the perfect like type of like beta personality to have in that locker room. If he ever gets like an alpha, like Baker Mayfield, or you know what I'm saying? Like, like a guy that has a little bit more of an aggressive personality, definitely worry about that. So, so do you think John Gruden moved out of his place in Vegas? Or do you think Derek Carr just moved next door to Josh McDaniel, wherever he moved to, or he, where he passed off that? Wait, what? Derek Carr bought the house next to John Gruden when oh, they moved to did Vegas. He really? he didn't know this. Gosh, yeah. that's cringe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I think he's a great coordinator. Um, I think he's a really good offensive mind. I just don't, I just don't think this team does much on the defensive side of the ball. I, I think they have a lot of really big names. I think Chandler Jones is more of a name than a player. He's, start, he's starting to hit that part of his career. Uh, Max Crosby is a stud, love him, but I think that secondary is really weak. And, and the biggest thing is, is exactly what you said. Um, that wide receiver core, they're they're an injury from to Adams or Renfro away from not being able to move the ball through the air. So what uh, once, once you can double one of those guys, it's, it's pretty much the end of that. Let's move to fantasy. So just, just to wrap, we all had the under except for Marcus. Yep. And you're Correct. all wrong. Okay. Correct. All right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, from fantasy perspective, I actually fucking love this team. I think it's really, really interesting because uh, say what you want about Josh McDaniels. I do like his offensive system, um, and they are going to run the ball. Uh, but the guy that just jumps out at me is Devontae Adams, man. How is this guy getting faded? He's been nothing but the best quarterback in the league, and I think his his, his uh, our best wide receiver in the league, I think his targets are only going to increase, weirdly enough. I think that Derek Carr is just going to absolutely fucking target this guy. Um, I can't draft him over... I'm drafting him over a lot of these guys in the first round. He seems to be falling to the early second round, and I think that's a travesty. Yeah, so I've got him at wide receiver 5, 14 overall. Who do you have ahead of him? Uh, no, no. this is just what... This okay, is yeah, not yeah. my rankings. Right, this, right. Is where, uh, this is where I saw him on Fantasy Pros. It's wide receiver 5, 14 overall. Yep. So that's into the second round in most leagues. Um, and I agree with you. I, I think that there's good argument for him at the back end of the first. Um, so, you know, especially if you're looking for some RB zero action or something like that, he, he's a great guy to target for your lead because he's just going to be a target mo- monster. He's going to catch a lot of touchdowns. The one thing that Hunter Renfro maybe didn't do quite as much was catch a lot of touchdowns. He's very much so a target hog, but I, I think that, you know, the touchdown regression is, is, is real and, um, Devontae Adams is going to tick up for that. So, I mean, you get a guy that's going to catch a lot of touchdowns. Uh, He has a lot of chemistry with the quarterback from their time at Fresno State when they both played together. But ultimately, this is a three-wide receiver show, essentially, with with Waller playing the other tight end. There's not a lot of other guys that are worthy of targets on this offense. Hunter Renfro in college in the NFL has never dropped a red zone target. I believe it. Yep, he's never dropped a pass in the red zone. Pretty wild stat. The the guy's an absolute just fucking monster yeah i think i think there was a saying that work ethic um outweighs at ability i think is is that the one hard, hard work beats talent that's, talent don't that, work that's hard. the one um but, but as far as the raiders go like like at their positions i think they're all under like slightly undervalued especially Devonte. everyone's undervalued i think you're in a really good position with every single person at those spots like so yeah so waller is tight end 552 overall renfro is wide receiver 36 90 overall which i mean <laughs> Right around there. The, any of those three that, that I get on my team, I'm very happy with. Yeah. Um, I think Derek Carr is actually an interesting QB2 option. Uh, QB15, 113 overall. Well, let, um, let me be clear. All that shit I just said about Derek Carr, I do think he's going to have a good fantasy year this year. Yeah. He, he almost led the league in interceptions last year, which concerned me. He does get Devontae Adams. I think he's a shoe-in for 30 touchdowns or more passing. Um, I, I think he, I think he's a low end QB one. Yeah. Um, I, I, I definitely think he can start a team. My, my, my criticisms with, with, with Carr are, are just that he's elevated as this like elite guy and he's never been that guy, but where I see him QB 15, that's kind of a steal. Yeah. Especially if we're right about the secondary and they do struggle on defense, right? That means that they're going to have to throw the ball even more. So a lot of garbage time opportunities there. Um, so that that ticks up for all these guys on this offense. Um, in terms of running back, you touched on Josh Jacobs earlier. He's running back 23-54 overall. I'm not touching him there. I just think that there's other guys I'd rather have than him. Um, but Zamir White, uh, RB61, 190 overall. Uh, another guy back end of your draft if you're just taking a running back flyer. I think he's a more talented player than Josh Jacobs, and he could uh, you know take that role from him. 
he he's he's also a really good uh pass catcher too so i mean he he started over james cook you know in uh at georgia i mean this guy can play and if if you're not believing josh jacobs which i'm not i think i think a lot of us are not on him um this dude could potentially be that back maybe not this season but uh but definitely down the road he's going to get his touches um especially if they're going to be airing the ball out more so well, give me give me some some mirror on here especially after they dropped drake i mean it's it yeah. was it was yeah. huge yeah. once mm-hmm. they did that it was it put out it put out the fantasy whistle it's time to draft zamir white for sure mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's the thing that's, that, that's interesting about josh jacobs to me is is you look in your head you think okay running back 23 no way not a chance like he, he you know fade that but then you look at like what running back 23 actually is and what's around him jk dobbins definitely take jk dobbins aj dillon like are you taking other teams backups well or you, you take if you think Zamir White takes over that role from Josh Jacobs, you might. Yeah, but you have to. I mean, if you, you think that, then, then, then sure. The then you could down Elijah Mitchell, uh, Chase I'd, Edmonds. I'd rather have Mitchell. And then I'd, rather, I'd rather have Edmonds. He's also on a contract year, so that, that that's just another little feather in his cap. Like I think Jacobs, you know, his his injury concerns, and he doesn't seem that motivated sometimes to get back on the field. Oh, oh um, yeah, yeah. Contract it, year is big for well, him. Well, it's not even contract year. He's he's a free agent after this. They, they, yeah. they, they didn't pick that's up. What he means. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's, oh, yeah. he's playing for his next contract, so they, that, that could be big. It yeah. could be big. Guys tend to go all yeah. out. All right, so we round it off with, uh, I think, what's, I don't know, are, are all of you guys taking the Chargers to win this division, just, I'm assuming? Just, I am. just like saving the best division for last, we're yeah. saving the best team for last, I'd imagine. So, yeah, Chargers, um, Vegas has them projected for uh, the line is 10 wins. They went 9-8 and eight last year. Obviously, they lost that game against the Raiders with the, the timeout decision. Um, Vegas has them as the second-hardest schedule, or Sharp has them as the second-hardest schedule. Um, their extra game is the Falcons, which is extremely winnable, uh, and Vegas does project them as 11 uh, for, for 11 wins uh, in terms of early favorite lines. They do lose uh, Chris Harris and Linval Joseph. That's kind of it. They add Khalil Mack, uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, J.C. Jackson, Gerald Everett, Kyle Van Noy, Zion Johnson uh, was their first-round draft pick, Isaiah Spiller, uh, Texas A&M running back. In general, I think that uh, Sebastian Joseph Day really improves this run defense for them, which was their biggest weakness. Uh, Khalil Mack helps them be able to play Derwin James at different spots and not have to use him as an edge rusher, which is what they did frequently. Uh, you know, that's that's not exactly your your best use out of a safety. And then Zion Johnson is an absolute stud um, out of Boston College. He's going to be a you know, plug-and-play starter for them at guard. Uh, you know, pair him with... Uh, Rashawn Slater, and and that's a that's an offensive line that's going to be good for offensive for line years. is disgusting. Yeah, so I mean, and then and then they have this guy by the name of Justin Herbert, who's a pretty good football player, MVP. Um, yeah, Vegas actually has him as the favorite to lead the league in touchdowns. I think he will be the MVP this year. I think he's going to run away with it. Justin Herbert is that bitch. So fucking good. He's so fucking good. He dude. He he is a more athletic Peyton Manning. His his uh, his pocket presence. And the fact that he can still he can move, dude. When he gets out of the pocket, like he's he's not fast, but he's not slow. I, I'll bet he could beat Patrick Mahomes in a forty yard dash. Oh, a thousand percent guaranteed. I, he, he's a gazelle, dude. Those legs. I mean, yeah. just like you just get in stride with that. So like I, I'm, kind of, obs- I'm kind of obsessed with him. He he. Uh, I'm, pre- I'm, I'm pretty I'm, sure he ran a faster forty at the combine. Yeah, he, he has, he's actually like a four, low, low yeah. four or five guy on on the field. This guy is a field general. He kind of seems like, you know, he's one of these quiet guys. I've seen the way that he kind of talks to his players. This dude's a real deal. Um, I think he's, I, I, I said it, you know, after his, after his rookie year, 
I just became obsessed with the guy, and I'm even more obsessed with him. A lot of guys said he would regress last year. He definitely did not. Um, I think this guy is the next big thing. I think he's going to be the best quarterback in the NFL someday, I think, as soon as this year. And he's my favorite to win MVP. I'm just obsessed with the guy. So I, th- I think it's pretty fair to say that we all have them as hitting the over, considering you guys all have them winning the division. Is that fair? Yep. I, oh, I, yeah. I have I'm them taking the Super the over. I'm taking them to win the division. I'm taking them to win the Super Bowl, baby. This team is is the real deal, for sure. Um, yeah, and Keenan Allen might also be one of the most underrated wide receivers he out there. He is super underrated. I don't know why he's super. so underrated. It's weird. Yeah. Is there anything we want we want to say about them before we touch on uh, t- touch on fantasy for him? Well, some some things I'm not going to say it, um, on on this show, but uh, <laughs> the uh, I, I think I am going to be one year late on my uh, Rams Chargers Super Bowl. Uh, man, this this team like both teams just got better than. The thing is, like, if you guys think that Brandon Staley is going to be less aggressive with a better defense and a more experienced quarterback and just, like, a better team, no. Like, that fucking team just goes for it because they have confidence in everything they have. Let me ask you about Brandon Staley because I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I've been seeing some hot takes on Twitter. Uh, One of them was that Brandon Staley was going to get fired after this year. Uh, That The only way that would happen is if they don't make the playoffs. Um, I was a huge Staley guy when he came over. I got to tell you, there were a few moments last year, especially uh, when I when I watched the Chargers, just some some couple things that they did that I just was not a fan of. Um, what, what, what? How do you rate Brandon Staley? I think he needs to show me a lot more because right now I have him at like a mediocre coach who has just a monster team. So I think he's a really young coach. Um, he's not exactly, you know, he had one year as a defensive coordinator before he becomes the head coach. So he's a guy who's, I think, is learning on the job. The fact that he is a guy that has leaned as far as he has into analytics tells me he's probably a guy that does a lot of self-evaluation too. So I think that there's absolutely room for improvement here, especially from a young guy who already has a good understanding of, of what to do and, and buttons to press um, in certain situations. So I think that, you know, if you just continually improve, he obviously coached under McVay, who's been done an excellent job of just finding other coaches to bring in so i think he's got a very promising future and i mean if he's going to win the super bowl this year then he's probably not going anywhere very long right trevor that's right that's right he's gonna say i actually don't know uh don't know much about him but um shock uh, i'll just I'll, I'll just take this time right now to say derwin james letting him do what he is meant to do is is i'm just gonna get my rocks off watching him play every single game like he's one of my favorite players and that defense is going to be absolutely studly so if he's helping that coach uh, do well uh, he, he, they're gonna go places so give me some more derwin james all day baby yes so um brandon staley definitely has like an unconventional way but like sometimes like that just instills confidence in the team and uh i think where that developed like as far as like how the season progressed and like going for it in risky situations it went all the way back to the Cleveland game. They were getting fucking blown out by Cleveland early on week like one two three week five getting blown out by them. They just started going for it and they just started converting and then they just started. This making is our shots. chance to win and they, and they just started building energy and then you know he doesn't go for it all the time but he also started implementing like those type of situations. Yeah, maybe some you can argue that the wrong one but so many other ones you could have argued they were the wrong one until they converted and got themselves into the position this is just a team that they were talented like they were like a cusp team but like could have teetered either way and they 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 had a very interesting like just 
development. They are going to be so good, and they're, I, I think that he will learn from the the successes and mistakes. And also, I, I do agree with you, Derwin James is a stud. But, uh, yeah, the best safety in the league. But, but, but that team is just going to be so good. It's just like you, you learn from experience, and they've learned from the failures and the successes. So you grow on that, and you grow from the team, stay healthy. That team can be just... One of the most real. impressive games I watched all year last year was... Um, Justin Herbert's performance in that final game where like towards the end of that game, you know, to lead the team back and, and actually score a game tying touchdown. You know what I mean? Like everything they did on that drive, it's just so impressive. This guy was in like fourth down situations, almost the entire quarter of, of the fourth quarter. And he just would convert. He'd just find a way to convert. He's an absolute stud. Um, and I'm, I, I just don't know how you, like this team is absolutely has to be on an upward trajectory. I know that there's at least one hater uh, in our group, uh, Brandon. <clears throat> Brandon, um, but yeah, I, yeah, but that, it's good when the hater is always wrong. Yes, so. of course. <laughs> but and, I mean, and also that conversion. I think it was. Yeah. I, I want to say, and don't mark my words exactly, but it's damn close. It was like fourth and thirteen from the nineteen. It was a touchdown. Yeah, but he, it was he, something. But he so converted disc- like four fourth, all the way fourth downs it, on it, it, on the drive, and I think three of those were more than fourth and ten. Yeah, and it's just like you know, fuck. He, he's he's absolutely insane, and I I just think that there's there's nowhere to go but up. Um, for so for accurate for how hard he can throw it, man. Yeah. He's just so yeah. fucking good, and he's so humble. Like you look at the guy; he's not like out there bragging. He never really gets in trouble. He's got like this cute little baby face. You know, he's got acne all over the place. Like you're like, what is this? <laughs> what is this dude? And then you realize he's six seven and just like an absolute beast on the field. But he takes care of business. He's got absolute yeah. ice in his veins. I love watching quarterbacks just get the job done and just shut up and just lead their teams ahead. And I think that's that's what this team needs. And he's he's definitely going to be that commander uh, for years to come. He's that new generation of Gen Z. Uh, nothing gets to him. Uh, he's super California cool. Like he's just got this West Coast kind of mentality. Looks like he could see like a huge car crash and just like not even react. The dude is he was the just, only reason why Oregon was like top ten, you know, during those years in college. Mm. Like, I mean, he was. Well, there's okay. We don't need to get into it, one, but yeah, but. he's a really good player. All right, let's move yeah. on to fantasy. Well, I, I just wanted to say one more thing. We can't ignore Joey Bosa, like, uh, or yeah, I mean, the, the Bosa. Joey like, Bosa, good. All right, yeah. let's go to fantasy. <laughs> um, yeah, you can't ignore Joey Bosa. All right, um, so fantasy. Justin Herbert is currently ranked as QB two, obviously because Josh Allen is that good. I'm telling you, dude, this is how much I think of Herbert. I love Josh Allen to death. The fact that he does so much with his feet concerns me because what happens if he gets hit wrong? I think Herbert is a safer play at QB1. I'm I'm not a guy that's going to take quarterbacks early in drafts, but if you are going to get a guy that's that's just going to carry your team, to me it's Justin Herbert. He's a safer play. Yeah, I think that I think that especially if you're if your league pushes quarterbacks down a little bit, uh, and you get you can get a little bit better value on any of these top top guys. I think that that's absolutely worth the flyer. Um, I just think that he's he has a chance to lead the league in, in touchdowns. Um, he has you know value with his legs too. It's a no brainer. He he's absolutely a stud, and I have no issue with him being quarterback two or or even at uh, the forty four overall spot. Yeah, which is why I'm never going to get him because I, you know, I never reach on those quarterbacks. But yeah, he, he's going to put up points. I, you're not going to get any argument from me, but I think you're going to have a lot of people in your in your leagues reaching for him this year. So it's it's going to be a, you're going to have to reach if you if you want, really want him. 
so, I mean, outside of that, Austin Eckler, RB3, three overall. Um, he's a guy who, you know, is very much so very involved in the passing game. And a PPR league, that helps a lot, and that drives up his touches. Um, he He's just a guy that's going to be utilized a lot. I think he's a very safe uh, top half of the first round pick. Ooh. Too rich for my blood. Too safe, rich. safe. He misses like elite, elite multiple games every year. Too, he, too, he missed, too rich. He for missed my... one game last year it's... for COVID. Yeah, he he misses too much. No, he, it's... no. <laughs> it's not about that, but he's, he misses drives. Like he's he he missed multiple drives. Even like granted against Pittsburgh. How many, how many points? How many? What was his worst performance? Like I'll show you right now. <laughs> Uh, he is he right. Had, Austin Eckler just a year prior uh, uh, was out six years, six six weeks, and then the the year prior to that was out eight weeks. So Marcus is one hundred percent correct. But he also he has, he's, he's also missed multiple drives. Like he's not utilized every single like every single down. So they do rotate back and forth. Uh, he I st- uh, so that that eight from there. two years ago through th- sorry three years ago now that was that was that you're looking at games started. He played all sixteen games. He just didn't start half of them. Yeah. Um, he still put up all purpose. That was still football. Melvin Gordon, I think, was around. Over, yeah, yeah. He still put up 1,500 all purpose yards that year. Yeah. Um, he, I, I think his, his injury issue is kind of overblown just based on, on two years ago, that campaign. Obviously, not what you want. Um, but I still think when he's healthy, the best route running uh, running back that we have in the NFL right now and an accurate passer to put the ball on him. Um, top run, end of the first round, I mean, that's, that's his value. I, I don't think you can really wait much longer on him. He's probably going to go. I don't like him more than Derrick Henry, just because I, I think you know if Derrick Henry is healthy all the year, you can't draft from a place of fear and assume injuries. If Derrick Henry is healthy all year, he, he's still probably going to be a top two, top three back. Um, but I think by you know top, but by the fifth pick, he has to be gone. He has to be off the board. I have trouble taking him over Cook. I have trouble taking him even over Najee Harris. And like you said, I have trouble taking him over Derrick Henry. Um, I, I really like Eckler. I just don't – I think that last year where he was valued was perfect, and I think this year it's just too rich for my blood. It's Trust too, me, he's still a first-round pick. I'm, he, I'm not arguing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. At three, like like this is a guy who, again, last year, not even 20 carries. He's, he's very touchdown dependent. You're yep. talking about 200, 200 carries on the ground, 900, uh, 900 yards, catches the ball. But without if he's not scoring, what, 15? He had 20 touchdowns last year. So that's you can't replicate that. How, how wild is it? Austin Eckler wasn't even drafted, um, but he was in the same class as Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, uh, Alvin Kamara, uh Mixon, Kareem Hunt. It's fucking insane. One of the greatest running back classes of all time. No, it is is the greatest. (laughs) What, we're five years later now, and they're still dominating fantasy. There's, what, four or five of them in the first round. That is fucking wild, dude. The greatest of all time. And Eckler was in that class, wasn't even drafted. That's how good they were. Insane. For me, I think it's it's Taylor, Cook, Henry, Eckler, McCaffrey is is how I order those. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, I'm just going to fade Eckler because I mean they, he's listed at 5'10". I don't I don't really believe guys that lie about their height. Um, you know, I'm one of them, so I I, I think he's shorter than 5'10". So just for that, you know, I'm going to fade him uh, anyways. But I think I think what's a really interesting area is um, they're wide receivers. I mean, if Herbert's going to have a ma- massive year, which we're all predicting, uh, I think this wide receiver core can be can be massive, especially starting with Keenan Allen um, at uh, wide receiver eight, 22 overall. I have him in my top five, and I think he's wow. just going to be an absolute beast. The, the guy's a great route runner, and 
I think this team is going to score. One um, of the best. I think he's going to. One of the best yeah, runners in the league, for sure. Absolutely disgusting. And people just keep fading him, and I don't know why. Uh, I I love, I just love everything about him. Great hands, great route running. Like, I'm going to take him all day um, if he's, you know, kind of in that spot. So, um, I, you know, I just can't say more about Keenan Allen, but I don't know what you guys are thinking. Um, well, I, think, I think the reason that they feed him, that they, they fade him, is he's not a huge touchdown score and that's pretty much the only reason you know if you actually look at his stats yep. uh, his his targets are all there that's because Eckler it's scores just, them all it's just his touchdowns are, are 20 are touchdowns down. last year <laughs> what I didn't realize Eckler had 20 oh touchdowns. yeah dude Eckler's a freak <laughs> but, and he's in a ridiculous I, situation I know but like 20 Vulture. touchdowns holy fuck yeah dude, um because yeah, the Chargers I, are awesome I like Mike Williams a lot especially for the value um at the beginning of the season last year he was awesome um, I think that there's a good chance that he gets back to it. And, you know, Herbert, they, they did pay him for a reason. Her- another guy that can't stay on the field, Mike Williams. I mean, that, Mike you, Williams you is, could, a, is the worst you, You're worst definitely, definitely right that Eckler's injury issues are probably overblown. Mike Williams are not. The no, guy didn't play a meaningful stat, snap until his third year. Um, and you know you know what they say. The best way to motivate a player is with guaranteed money. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, he did have a big season last year in the new offense. I think that that, that continues. Um, I just think that I'm not saying that he's a great player, um, and he's gonna, I'm not saying he's a top 10 wide receiver. I just think that at, at the value you're getting him, wide receiver 18, 42 overall, I think, I think that's fine, um, and I'm willing to pay that price. Uh, yeah, I, I like him at there. And, and at first, I was thinking, man, I don't know that I like him at eighteen. There's some people around him. I don't. I think I'd rather have, uh, you know, Cortland Sutton, Terry McLaurin, Brandon Cooks are guys I probably feel a little bit more comfortable with. But then right after that, wide receiver really falls off a cliff. You, yeah. you get two more guys: Allen Robinson, not huge on DK Metcalf. Who knows what they're going to do with the quarterback? And then it, you're into like the Darnell Mooney. Rashad Bateman part of the draft and I just it falls off a cliff hard so if, if you're in a position where you can get Mike Williams take him because there's not much behind him yeah. for sure he's worth the injury risk I just with that with that contract I'm telling you man the, the guy could not oh, stay on the you. field for the first yeah. few years it's worse. He's, he's not my first pick hopefully I have two wide receivers by the time he rolls around to me right um I think that uh Gerald Everett uh tight end 20 151 I'm not touching him. Uh, I I just think I don't think that there's going to be a lot of volume for him. I'd rather have uh, Josh Palmer, wide receiver, 66, 168 overall, uh, as like a handcuff slash third wide receiver in that offense. Somebody's going to be catching the ball, uh, and 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 if Mike Williams does get do, does get hurt, Josh Palmer is going to be there to take up the slack. I don't like Everett either. I don't love his talent. I think he's been really fortunate in some of the places he's played to have quarterbacks who feed him the ball and. When you when you talk about tight ends often in an offense like this, it's goal line production, and I like Donald Parnum better in that situation because you can't teach six eight. Dude's a fucking monster target down in the red zone. I think he's going to actually get a lot of the the goal line targets that any tight end would get in this offense, but I don't think there's going to be very many um, because, like we said, Eckler scored twenty times last year. He's like a, not a lot of touchdowns to be had. Parnum's like a mini grunk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I believe that it's baby grunk. Guys, baby Gronk, mini baby. Also, part of six eight. I don't think he's a baby. Anything. Listen, they're all Gronk. Baby okay? giraffe, maybe. They're, they're all Gronk. Every single one. Is, of them. is Gerald Everett uh, Gronk? Uh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> just rename just the position. Little, just a little baby Gronk. Just rename the position a tight end to Gronk. And it's it's, fun. it's just a weird shape. Like, yeah, he's he's kind of like Gronk, except for a lot worse. 
<laughs> so when I was when I was prepping for this pod, uh, I read that the uh, the the Raiders, I guess they had joint practices with the Patriots, and all the Patriots staff was saying that a lot of things that Darren Waller does remind them of Gronk. I'm like, I'm not even fucking bringing that up. Like, <laughs> but here I am. <laughs> <laughs> but did he uh, smoke crack? So I, I think uh, I think you all gave the Chargers as your division winner. I am gonna uh, uh, you know zig here where you guys have zagged and i'm gonna take the chiefs because they're the chiefs and they have andy reed and patrick mahomes so i'm just gonna i'll take them i have them both winning 12 games so i guess coin toss and i'll take the other side of it someone has to be wrong right yeah exactly this this defense is much improved and it's the only thing that really held them back last year uh slater is a generational talent on offense that offensive line is just gonna fucking zoom this year that offensive line class from last year was was excellent so whole whole class was excellent this whole offensive line that they have is absolutely ridiculous i think jc jackson although it looks like he's might not play in the first game. Yeah, he's uh he he had an, he had ankle surgery. He's supposed to miss two to four weeks, but I, I don't think that that hurts them long term. But this FSU uh, defensive backfield that they've put up with Derwin James and Asante Samuel is just going to lock it down, baby. Yeah. This defense is going to be much improved. It'll be the most improved defense. I, I think it even has a chance to be top ten. Oh, I I think it definitely should be top ten. I mean, it, it, yeah. if Staley is the defensive guru that he's supposed to be, like this this defense better put up this year. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying with Staley. Like this is a year he's got to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the only reason the only reason they may look some not somewhat not top ten is just because other teams are going to need to put up a lot of points to keep up with the offense. So you might see a lot of points scored against them. But no, I think this team is going to be absolutely disgusting. And I love the FSU nod. Those are some great players. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, Samuel is, is better than I thought he would be. All right, boys. This, I knew this is going to be a long pod. There's just so much to talk about with these teams. It's so the much best to be division. excited about. Dude, one thing I want to say about this division, every single divisional matchup, all eight of them, must watch fucking TV. Um, I, don't, I haven't looked it up. I'll bet a lot of those are on prime time. Um, I'm especially really, really interested in seeing the Broncos. I really want to see Russell Wilson stick it to the Chiefs. Uh, the Broncos have not beaten the Chiefs since since Patrick Mahomes has taken over. How fucking crazy is that? They almost did when they dislocated his kneecap. They have never beaten Ru- Patrick Mahomes. That It's absolutely wild. Uh, they've just absolutely owned the Broncos. And I think with Russell Wilson, dude, that's... That's I think that immediately becomes one of the best rivalries. That, that Wilson-Mahomes, dude, they play so... Just kind of like the Sandlot football. It's going to be fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Can't wait to see it. Anyone else? Closing thoughts? Uh, This is week zero college football. It's here. Uh, You know, we're approaching the NFL season. So, you know, you can sit back and watch a little football to get get, just wet your appetite a little bit this weekend. And uh, we'll we'll head into the real thing here come next week. If you're into that stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Go nose, baby. Go nose. Go nose. Bring it up in the Chiefs section of the pod, but uh, obviously rest in peace, Len Dawson. Yeah. The only reason I bring that up from a, from a kind of a coolness standpoint, if you ever seen that picture of the player in the Super Bowl halftime, uh, drinking a beer and smoking, smoking a, cigarette, a cigarette, that was Len Dawson. Yep. yep. Halftime of Super Bowl one, uh, Chiefs legend. It actually wasn't a beer; it's a Fresca that's been debunked, but it's still fucking cool to think it's a beer. It's still cool. The oh, cigarette it looks is, like a beer, but either way, it's definitely he's definitely burning a heater in the Super Bowl halftime. Isn't that it's when ridiculous. they used to put cocaine in the in the in the sodas though? Well, it was fres- <laughs> it was Fresca. It's like sparkling water. <laughs> but, but, no, trust me. I always thought it was a beer, and then I actually saw an article that said it was a Fresca, and I was super disappointed. I'm like, fuck. It was so disappointing. I was hoping it was a butt heavy. 
Burn the heater. He's still smoking a heater. <laughs> All right, boys, we're out. <laughs>